Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everybody, and thank you very much for joining me on episode 37 of the show about the show. I have a very cool and unique guest today coming on the show today. I have the owner of Fan HQ in Minneapolis, Sean Hagland. He has uh, two locations. They opened in 2009. And he's been both a fan and an owner ever since then. And we're going to talk about what player he is close personal friends with, how that player affects um, the business that he does, as well as the signings that he holds. Because he brings in some really, really unique um, signings. Some of them are free signings. Some of them are paid signings, that kind of thing. And yes, this is a uh, this is a Minnesota business, and yes, I do live in Minnesota. But you know, the whole point of this of this podcast is to try and get kind of a different and unique angle. And this is from a guy who runs basically a sports memorabilia store that does signing. So, really looking forward to that. Uh, Sean's going to be here shortly to uh, talk to us about everything going on with Fan HQ. Sports uh, or Fan HQ, the sports world, the sports memorabilia world that he sells, the Twins, all that kind of stuff. I do want to uh, give a little promotion to um, the show that I have coming up tonight. I have another one at seven Eastern, and that is Tommy John and Tommy John Jr. I'm going to have them on for a one-hour discussion. We're going to talk about Tommy John's surgery back in in the 70s by Frank Job. We're going to talk about the book that they have uh, co-written and how it affects and how Tommy John's surgery affects everybody as young as little leaguers all the way up to major leaguers and why it's estimated that one-third out of all major league pitchers will have Tommy John surgery at some point in their career. So it's going to be a really good episode. I'm looking forward to it, but as of, but right now this episode is for Sean and we are going to bring him in owner of two of the most popular memorabilia stores in the state of Minnesota fan HQ owner, Sean Hagland. Hey Sean, how you doing? I'm doing great. How's it going, Devin? I'm doing well. Hey, thanks for giving me some of your time today. So talk to me about how you uh, decided to start these businesses, how you came up with the name, fan headquarters, all that kind of stuff. Well, the business started pretty organically. I was simply a collector who was chasing Justin Morneau all over the place and getting stuff signed and, you know, really started collecting back in the late 70s. You know, my dad bring me to a Twins game or to – uh, Vikings training camp in Mankato, and just collecting signatures there. Um, so it became that, kind of went from that to more of a hobby. And then I got um, into the player into the player website side of things um, with Justin Warner. I was working for a company that did websites um, for different sports teams and just tried to develop like a um, more of a fan-driven site for individual players. Back then, there was no Twitter or or uh, any social media at all, so a website was pretty much the closest connection you could have to the player. So that just kind of grew organically from a fan site to a little more of an official fan site with Justin. We started adding products, merchandise, T-shirts primarily, um, and just kind of grew it from there. Um, I moved out to Maryland to run a, a T-shirt company out there. When I came back, I had no actual job, so... Uh, was lucky to get accepted to have a booth out of the Minnesota State Fair uh, selling our, our twin stuff, which at that time was Warnell, Nathan, Kadire, Span, Crane. Um, we were selling T-shirts uh, for those guys. And um, opened up a temporary store in 2009 at Ridgedale and kind of just went from there. So uh, it was just supposed to be a two-month thing, but with uh, Target Field opening and with success of the Vikings at the time, it was a pretty fortunate time to start a business, so we were able to kind of keep it going since then. So we're coming up on nine years now this year in November. So that's kind of how it all started. It wasn't really something that we set out to do, just something that kind of worked out that way. 
Now you touched, but you talked about um, kind of chasing down Justin Morneau. Can you can you talk about how how that whole process started and why why Justin Morneau and and what you, and how your relationship with him has evolved to today? Well, originally, I mean, going all the way back to when I was first starting collecting and just good old fashioned baseball cards, I was a Carlton Fisk collector. That's kind of what I was focused on. Um, so I was trying to get, you know, every Carlton Fisk card you could get, you know, back in the 80s, 90s. And that's so my, you know, sort of personal collection started with Fisk. I ended up meeting another Fisk collector, kind of transferring a bunch of stuff over to him, and then uh, started to focus a little more on Justin Morneau, just as he was supposed to be the future power hitter of the Twins. Uh, you know, there was interest. It wasn't ridiculous around Minnesota like it was for um, – Joe Maurer at the time. They were both kind of coming up together. So I decided to just kind of specialize, if you will, in just more no collectibles and stuff. So you know, I'd go see him out at Twins Fest every year, try to bring unique things to him to get signed. Um, and that's kind of how that started. So um, I'd have stuff signed at Twins Fest, ask him to inscribe something, something unique, use a number that he, you know, wore in the mine or something like that. And then, um, it just kind of grew from there to where he kind of got me, got to know me as, you know, the guy who would have some unique stuff. So tried to take care of him a little bit as well. Like if I got something that he wanted, I would give him, you know, an extra copy of a photo or something like that. So it's just that's kind of where it started. And then um, developing, you know, through when he joined the Twins in 2003 to like 2006, just seeing him at different events. Uh, eventually when the website side of things started uh, coming around, I asked if it would be okay if I started a fan site for him. And that was early in 2006. He hadn't really done anything, you know, exceptional yet. So uh, we kind of got that going just as his MVP um, season tear sort of took off. Uh, and the piece that we did with him there was a 33 for MVP t-shirt. Um, so we really okay. that, um, and that got really great traction across you know, Minnesota, even in the New York Times. So that kind of was the first thing that we ever did. Um, and, you know, we made donations to his charities and so on, you know, through that. So everything that we put together with him had a charitable piece with it along. Um, so like a royalty that would be paid to the Mornell Family Foundation or whatever it was at the time that he wanted to support. So that's how that kind of just grew. And, and you know, through his casino night fundraisers or now, you know, his winter warm-up coat drive, which we host at the store, all these different things just kind of took off. I mean, there was never like a grand plan. It just sort of, you know, over years of developing the relationship, um, friendship, trust, um, that, that's kind of how it all just sort of took off. So as starting from a collector standpoint, I think that a lot of collectors, that's kind of what, you know, we hope as we get into it. It's kind of just a, a distant thing that you kind of think about, like how cool would it be to, you know, go to a game with your favorite player or whatever. And, you know, fortunately, that's just kind of worked out where we've actually had some really incredible opportunities because the relationship with him, so... I don't think he can ask for much more, you know, like as a fan along with it. You know, I still get nervous around the dude every time I see him, which is kind of a joke between us. Just that, um, you know, like I'll fall over my words like I probably will today and, and everything else. Misspeak here, you know, put my foot in mouth, whatever it is. There's always some moments of danger around him, but he's just, you know, he's still such a, a good guy. I was very fortunate to sort of start collecting a guy who just turned out to be, awesome on top of being a baseball player, a great baseball player with, you know, a lot of cool things that happened in his career. Just a cool guy on top of that, too, with the charity very support. Sorry, we got a new dog who wants to get in on this, too. I think he's just voicing his support. <laughs> I'm sorry. So, but that's how that kind of grew. I mean, nothing really set out. Just, you know, started from scratch being a collector, and it just, it just sort of bloomed from there. Let's talk... Let's talk a little bit about one of the events that you mentioned that's really, really popular is the Morneau Coat Drive. Um, you know, for a lot of people who may not live in the Minneapolis-St. Paul area or who may not even live in the state of Minnesota and not know what that is, can you talk about it? It's such a great cause and a cool event. Yeah, and that's something that Justin started, and I think it was in 2010 when he was a member of the Twins. Um, you see, well, the first year you could donate a winter coat. All the coats are given to the Salvation Army uh, in the Harbor Light Center, so it's right downtown Minneapolis, and they're all distributed locally to those in need. Um, so you donated a winter coat, and then you got an autograph from Justin. And that's 
you know, it was just as simple as that, how it started. And the Twins did that uh, two or three years while Justin was here, 10 and 11, I think it was. Um, but once he was created, he actually, in his wife, Krista, stopped by our store at Ridgedale and asked if we were interested in hosting the co-drive at our store. And I was just all on board for that. That was awesome. So we've just picked it up uh, once he was no longer a member of the Twins. And, um, you know, I think, I'm trying to remember how many thousands. I'd have to look back at the press release, but I think it's tens of thousands of coats have been donated to this point. Uh, each year it just kind of gets bigger and bigger. So now when fans donate, like, three winter coats, they get an in-person autograph from Justin, or if they want to donate one winter coat, Justin signs, like, four or 500 uh, 8x10, you know, personally signs them all. You can trade one coat for one autograph photo. And then we have a big event at Ridgedale each year in November, um, where Justin comes out and signs autographs for people. And they can make an additional donation if they want to add, like, a um, an inscription, if they want to add the MVP or batting champ inscription. They can make a cash donation, which goes to the Salvation Army. But um, the really cool part about it is, I mean, the Salvation Army basically sets up a store, like, in their open area and within their building in the Harbor Light Center. And people can just come in and, and choose the coats that they need. And it's it's really cool, but also, you know, kind of sad or unfortunate that people, you know, don't have enough money to even be able to buy a coat. So it's pretty cool that locally, you know, he can support or we can help support all of us working together, you know, such a great cause and get coats out to the people in need locally. So it's it's really something. And we have, you know, huge donors um, who run their own coat drive and bring in hundreds of coats on their own, too, to contribute. So, you know, the van will actually go to their house and pick them up. There's just so many, they couldn't even bring them to the mall. So that's really cool as well. Um, you know, those who donate like 33 coats, they get what we call the MVP ticket and that includes some extra benefits. So um, it's just a win-win all the way around with uh, people being supported locally, fans locally being able to meet Justin, get a free autograph. Justin has a really great time at the event. Um, you know, takes his time. There's no rush for anybody. You know, lots of great exchanges at the autograph table. So that it's my favorite event of the year. So I really look forward to that. And we'll do it again this year. It'll either be in late November or early December. We just kind of wait to see how the schedule plays out for Justin everywhere. And if you want to share that, that's great. But we'll get it all over the Incatics page and emails and everything else, too. Yeah, absolutely. I'll definitely share that. Just when you guys find out, let me know. Um, well, yeah. is that is that your is that your most popular event that you guys do every year? What's the most people that we get? Um, I'd say, I mean, you know, for an annual event, I think it is our only annual event right now. There's probably a few other things that we're involved in that are fairly regular. That's our only real annual event. But, you know, going back to even the first year, that's still the most people that have ever been through a line. The first year we did it, um, it was just one coat. You could get an uh, in-person autograph ticket. And we gave away over three, we gave away 333 tickets the first year. Um, and they went fast, like within a couple weeks. So 333 people is just a ridiculous line of people. I mean, if you've waited in line before, might seem long, but it might only be 50, 75 people. That thing just, I mean, we just packed Ridgedale Center for that. So that was easily the most people who ever went through to get a, an autograph before. The other events we kind of call sold out, you know, if they hit 250 or 300 people typically. Um, but, you know, one person can typically get more than one item signed. So it isn't the number of people that, like, the code drive generates where you can only get one per person. So a really great line, a really real big um, line and a bunch of people, but also such a positive event, you know, because people donated. I think they feel really good about it or they should, that they help people out and they also benefit from it. So that's, I mean, just uh, all the way around awesome event. Absolutely, absolutely, and, and kudos to you guys for, for being willing to do that, but more importantly, kudos to the Ink Addicts for coming out and stepping up year after year after year showing their love for you guys, showing their love for Justin and the twins, and more importantly, like you said, to help people in need that really need it. So, um, yeah, everybody comes we, out we, on that one. Absolutely. We, when we were setting up this, uh, when I was messaging you to set up this this podcast, I asked you about the first twin signing you ever did. Can you tell me that story and the lesson that you learned from that? 
You know, I actually had to go back to that. Um, you know, I went back and I checked the numbers on that, but I'll, I'll get back. I had a Haley Quince run the numbers on it. And it turns out Joe Nathan actually was our first one. And we had okay. Joe Nathan in okay. while he was on the disabled list. And that was another fundraiser for Joe's charity. So people who bought a ticket, all the money went to support Joe. But there was another player that we had in. Um, I won't necessarily get into specifics pretty early on. And um, it just the player just wasn't doing all that well in the major leagues. And, and I remember being out afterwards. And I guess basically to jump jump all the way ahead to the to the end of the story is just that it kind of taught me to more appreciate the guests and the players as people and being able to separate that from their performance on the field, which we get sucked into so much sometimes, where we can be disappointed about how somebody's doing, you know, whether they're not hitting or pitching or whatever. And you kind of forget that these are people who are going to work every day and trying to excel at their job, but the people they're facing are doing the same. And sometimes people they're facing are just better or more successful than whatever reason at the time. But the story that you and I talked about a little bit had to do with being out and making a post on social media during a game and a negative post towards one of the Twins players and then getting a text message from the wife of another player saying, so when my husband does poorly, are you going to slam them online as well? And just kind of made me stop for a second and think, yeah, maybe our place in this business, what we're doing is fun. We don't need to be critical of what's going on on the field, you know. I mean, everybody knows when the guy's struggling and so on. Um, and we watch games critically as well, but it's just not our place to go out and, and make our feelings known about some of that stuff. So it was a really great lesson as far as, like, looking at what we're going to be posting, um, look at the message that we're sending, and really try to keep it positive and fun because that's, that's why we're doing what we're doing, you know. It's not, you know, we're not changing the world in the sense of, you know, doctors, lawyers, whatever, something like that. Um, we have a really awesome, you know, fun, we're in entertainment. So let's just focus on the positive sides of the entertainment uh, rather than, you know, be critical of, you know, our players or potential guests even as it is. So I think that was kind of the lesson we were talking about, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that we learned. Yep. Yeah, that, was, that then, was a good one. And, again, eye-opening, right? I mean, you know, all these guys – you know, we we all know who's doing well and who's not doing well, and there's no need for us to pile on in some of these cases. You know, so it, it was a good lesson again, just sort of separating the performance from the person. Talk about how you got into the signings, because you do signings. Uh, one of the one of the things that I really like about your store is you don't just do Twins and Vikings signings. You do Timberwolves signings. You had Carl Anthony Townsend, I believe, like three times that I can think of. You yeah. just had Sylvia Fowles, the WNBA champion. She brought her. Uh, w, the Lynx WNBA Trophy from 2017 in. You guys have had a bu- one of my favorites. You guys have had a bunch of wrestlers in. You had Nick yeah. Foley in a few years ago. You had Jimmy Hart in. Talk about how you, without giving away too much, kind of talk about the process of when somebody goes, hey, Sean, you should get this player to come in to actually getting that player to sit down and do an autograph signing. Can you walk us through that process? Yeah, I mean, well, generally, I mean, we look for – there's a couple of different ways it can go. In the case of, like, a Mick Foley, a guy could be coming through town. Um, it could be, you know, brought to our attention or we become aware that a player or a person is coming through town, and we can reach out through an agent or or directly, depending, um, and try to book an appearance that might um, coincide with their travels through town. So, like, our Lita Ford event, which was really cool, um, she was coming to Minnesota – to play a show the next night at like a casino. So we were able to line her up or Mick Foley was doing a, a set of like his spoken, his comedy for lack of a better Stand word. Up comedy. Yep. Evening with. Yeah. Um, yep. He was doing one of his events at like the cinema grill. And in the case of the cinema grill in New Hope, we have a great relationship with them and they happened to bring it up and said, Hey, Mick's coming in the night before. Maybe you want to do something with him. Um, with Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, who's coming in in July, same sort of thing. He's coming through Minnesota for another event, so this was just an opportunity for him to add on a number of event, another event, uh, meet a bunch of fans locally, 
and gave us the opportunity to book him without, you know, having to worry about paying all the travel expenses and everything else. So, you know, when we see these sort of natural fits, we obviously go after that. Uh, in terms of, you know, Minnesota athletes, there's not a popular Minnesota athlete that we haven't reached out to see if we could try to book, you know, and they don't all work out, but rest assured, like, if, you know, if you know of a, a popular Minnesota player, we tried to bring them in at some point. Um, so, you know, the Jimmy Butlers of the world, you know, we've obviously reached out to them. You know, Towns, it all worked out. Um, Tyus Jones, you know, his guy happened to call us. So it's just a bunch of different ways that it can get done. Um, you know, they have marketing agents that will reach out to stores and say, hey, do you want to bring this guy in? And it's just a matter of trying to figure out the demand and then trying to figure out, you know, will the price work, you know, with what they want to do. Most of the guys are compensated directly. Uh, some of the guys will do the charity appearances, like we were saying with Joe Nathan or Justin Morneau or um, Kurt Suzuki came in to do a fundraiser. There have been just a number of people who have also done um, complete, you know, fundraiser deals where either donations or the tickets um, will go to their cause. Matt Cullen was one of those as well, helped call these kids. So there's a bunch of just, oh, Mike Zimmer, Coach Zimmer Foundation. I mean, that was a huge one the last two years in a row. And that's yeah. raised, yeah. I think, close to $20,000 already for the Mike Zimmer Foundation. So that, it just sort of they, they just sort of take different shapes, whether Haley runs into one of the gold medal curlers at a charity event and, you know, grabs an agent's number or, um, you know, we make a call or send a note through a, a manager or something like that. Just a lot of different ways that they all work out. And now that we've been doing it for a while, has grown or, or our understanding of how to contact people has grown. So, you know, that, that's kind of how they go from there. But, you know, any any new player, it's fun to watch. You know, if a guy hits his first home run, we get, you know, 25 messages like, when are you bringing him in, you know? So we just have to kind of look at the schedule and figure out when or who will, who's going to bring out a big enough crowd to make it worthwhile for everybody, right? Because our business, if anyone sees our stores, it's 80% apparel, maybe 20% you know, of the collectible stuff. Um, so for us, those appearances are more promotional. That's more of our marketing budget. We want people to come out to the store, create a, a really cool event and so on. Um, that's that's sort of our marketing uh, budget right there. That's how we approach it with these appearances. As much as we'd like to, you know, sell enough tickets, it's also about, you know, staying relevant and, and uh, you know, just keeping in the front of people's minds when they think about where they need to go to grab their sports stuff. Absolutely, and I would like to uh, I would like to say this to everybody listening. I personally can vouch for Sean and his staff. It was two or three years ago um, we'd started our we were on our way with our Ultimate Twins fan Facebook group, and I happened to reach out to a former Twins player, Cole DeVries, on Facebook, who's just just a really awesome and amazing guy. He's a realtor in the Minneapolis area now, and. I got talking to him and we set up a time and a, we set up a time to do a signing and I happened to let Sean know and I said, Sean, I don't I don't have a good place. You know, can you help me out? Do you know of a place? And Sean's like, I'll take care of it. We brought him into the store. I got to sit next to Cole DeVries. It was huh. it was a pretty cool it was a pretty cool event. I felt like a rock star that night. It was it was huh. pretty cool. Um other than Justin Morneau, is there anybody that comes in that you're starstruck by? No, pretty much all of them, Phil. You know, just real quick on the Cole DeVries thing, what cracks me up, he had actually, he was, had signed at our store before, and he donated all the appearance fee. It was a free autograph. He could make a donation, and that was another one that went to the Minnesota Military Family Foundation. And one of the sure. uh, Raptor Center at the University of Minnesota brought a bald eagle out. So it was a photo op, so... We're always trying to come up with some sort of random other thing like that, you know, like just some add-ons, whether it's Fogo to Chow gift certificates with the Escobar event or whatever it is. But that's kind of what makes it fun and more creative rather than an RN. What kind of keeps it interesting is to try to come up with some of these different ideas that are both relevant but then also interesting, hopefully, to the collectors who are coming out. But, you know, I mean, I'm still, to jump back to your question, still really aware of the celebrity and I'm still like an autograph chaser in my mind when these guys come in. So, I mean, if Tony Oliva stops by, I mean, I still know it's Tony Oliva and I'm aware of it and think it's really great that he's hanging out in the store or, or really all the guys when they come up, I still think it's really cool to be, you know, around them. 
I mean, it was just completely surreal with, you know, Brett Favre being standing there, you know, sitting next to Brett Favre through an event um, was right. pretty unreal. I mean, we never really expected to, you know, get to that when we started booking guys. You know, that was, you know, I didn't even think that would ever really be a possibility. Um, and it just sort of all worked out with the timing. So, yeah, I mean, I, you know, starstruck and nervous. I don't know. Yeah. I'm sure I get <laughs> awkward around most of them still. Well, and and one of the, to kind of go back on one of the other things you mentioned, um, you know, you, you mentioned how you try to do unique events. I think one of the, if I remember correctly, one of the events you guys did three, four years ago was an evening with Trevor Plouffe. You guys, you had, like, fans that could, like, meet him at a restaurant or something, and he would just yeah. kind of stand there, and fans could walk up to him and get his autograph and chill with him, and... Yeah, that was the first one. That was Party with the Plouffe. Party with the Plouffe. So we did that at one of the breweries, like he's a big uh, microbrew, local brew guy. So we lined up um, a private area at Fulton, and I think we had 50 fans, something like 50 fans could come in. And Trevor was an amazing uh, host. He just he just walked around and met with everybody. It was supposed to be like an hour long, so we're always trying to be really conscientious about the time for our guests and everything. And um, you know, try to keep them moving so we don't also disappoint fans at the end. You know, we've never had to turn anybody away. But Trevor was just like, man, don't worry about it. I'm here having a good time. And I think he stayed um, like two hours. I think he was still there at the end, actually, just hanging out with his wife. But that was just so cool, yeah. just walking around and meeting everybody. The following year, we did the same with um, Max Kepler. Um, we yeah. did oh, an yeah. event over at Target Center, and that was another, like, 50-person thing. And then this year, we did Get to Know Lomo. Um, at another brewery, at Udapil's, uh Brewery, and and same sort of thing. You know, just the guys who come in, it's really low key for them. They seem to really enjoy it. They can grab a beer, grab something to eat, just go table to table, say hello, grab a photo. It's not nearly as intensive as you know seeing a big line of people coming at you and just signing, signing, signing. So we get really great feedback from the players on those events, and we love those offsite events where we can hang out, and knock back a couple of Coca Colas, and and have a good time with it. So, yeah, I mean, we do as many of those as possible. We just have to figure out a way to be able to keep the ticket price affordable because we can have so many fewer people. So, you know, I guess it just has to kind of all line up, like on a business standpoint, it just has to line up right, uh, you know, where a guest might also not take as much as they might not get as much as they normally get for a sit-down autograph signing, but they, you know, sort of appreciate the um, laid-back nature of the informal nature of, of doing an event like that. So they come together now and then, you know, especially, you know, with some of the newer guys coming to town like Max and Lomo. Yeah, absolutely. And those those events, those kind of small in-person off-site events, I would think might, for some collectors, kind of hold a little bit more value. Because like you said, you know, you get kind of more one-on-one time with that, with that player rather than just kind of being – for lack of a better term, hustled through an autograph line. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, one of the best events that we've ever had, it was a last-minute ad. There was only about seven days to um, advertise it, was watch Monday Night Football with Frank Viola. So Frank happened to be in town. Uh, I got a note from his agent, like, hey, Frank's in town this Monday. Is there anything you can do with him? And I was like, well, I can't get enough people here that quickly um, to do a normal event, but what if we did this? And he, you know, showed up, and there was probably 30 people maybe. It was very small. It was upstairs at, like, McGovern's in downtown St. Paul. But, you know, TVs were playing. But Frank walked around, signed everything, and then just started telling stories, you know, from his time with the twins, you know, stuff I never heard, stuff that a lot of people can't really repeat necessarily. Uh, And he was (laughs) just telling, like, incredible stories. And you were like, I, I got so much great feedback from that event, you know, people leaving saying, man, that, that might have been the best event, you know, that you guys have ever put on. And, again, a lot of that gets back to what you're saying, like the interaction. We love that. Like, we want that little extra interaction. Um, when all when all the stars align and we can do an event like that, I mean, we'll do that every time. That's, it's way more personal, and, and we love it, you know. Some people want to just go and get their autograph and get out. But for those who, you know, want to have a follow-up question, that's kind of a, you know, that's really what it's made for. And after that event, you know, we were just like, man, I wish more people could have been a part of that because 
they really would, you know, that word would spread like crazy, you know, just how cool those events are. So, yeah, we're, you know, just always trying, like you said, you know, trying to come up with something new and something more personal or something that creates a better connection. So, so that was one Absolutely. of them definitely near the top of that list. And and you know you guys do one of the one of the fun things that you guys did recently. You guys did it last year. You guys don't do just one or two person signings, which you know are the most common, obviously, because it's easy to get them in. Last year, you guys did a 1987 Twins reunion uh, signing. Can you talk about that and just everything that went into trying to get everybody in and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, that one was that was pretty ambitious and in hindsight pretty insane. But we had an agent who does a ton of bookings contact us about you know who do you want to bring in? Um, they're friends with some of the players. They're a good friend of Jeff Reardon actually, and they're his agent for booking these things. And I'm like, well, just send me the list of who you can get. And he just kept getting player after player after player, and was like, okay, well let's bring them in, let's bring them in. And at the end of the day, we ended up with 22 people signing autographs. But based on at once, because based on their schedule, they only had a limited window of time. So we brought them all in for the same amount of time at the same time, and you know sold super tickets and so on. Well, I didn't really, I anticipated people being in multiple lines at different times and just jumping into different lines. What I didn't anticipate was like the first super ticket having, you know, like. 30 or 40 inscriptions, which suddenly just shut down the line right from the start. So that one caused anxiety for quite some time, but I'm happy to say everybody did get through the line, even though they were a little sweaty waiting in the hallway out of school outside the gym. Um, Everybody did get through and get their autographs once it finally got moving, but that was just absolutely insane. But still really cool to look back and say, man, you know, we had 22 members of the Twins, uh, 87 teams signing all at once. And for the people that bought the photo op, I think they all thought that was pretty remarkable with, you know, three, four rows of Twins players sitting on the bleachers and they just jumped right in the middle there and got their picture. It's pretty cool to see that. That's one of my favorite things, you know, of doing this stuff is to see those photos when people start posting them on social media and the excitement, you know, like for the collector, but then also other people see it and they're like, whoa, how do you know, hey, the Mitch, how do you know these guys? How are you getting all these pictures, you know? kind of fun just right. to you know see their friends get excited about it too and see it see it spread so that you know those are the sort of memories you're talking about that's why i love the post photos you know the autographs are awesome because you know you can trade or sell an autograph down the road there's something of a value to it but those post photos are just personal and that's why i really like those i think those are really cool absolutely so in your personal collection if 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 you if they took a fan HQ camera into your house, what would be the one item that you that you have that's not for sale? The one mm-hmm. the one baseball item that you have that's not for sale for any price? Huh. Let's see. Well, we don't. I don't have any sports stuff hanging up at the house at all. We have instead of a mud room, I call it the rock room, or we call it the rock room, which is all like music posters and and stuff like that. Um, you know, and that, that stuff's kind of cool, just different shows that we've gone to or signed guitars or gold records or something like that that we've gotten. But, man, I mean, sure. what would I not sell? That's interesting. I hadn't thought about it. It's not that I, it's not that everything's not available for a price, if that made sense. There are things I wouldn't get rid of. I'm just having a tough time thinking. Probably a baseball signed by Jack White. That's probably it, a musician. Because um, that's just okay. got back with him right. and Justin Morneau and, and taking bad in practice in Colorado. That, that's probably it as far as, like, one memento. And I have a photo of that that's hanging at the store. That's one thing that, you know, I'd never part with, like, the guitar pick or pass or anything. That's pretty cool. And then there's some really cool Morneau stuff that I have that I'm probably not even thinking of right now, you know, whether it's a baseball or something, you know, that they've given me. They get well, one of the coolest things, that would never be for sale, when we got married, um, the Morneaus put together a jersey they had signed that said, like, Mr. and Mrs., and then the year, you know, the number 12, and then they had the whole Twins team sign it, and they gave it to us for our wedding. So that's pretty awesome. That that one made me choke up a bit, you know, getting a gift from them, even though the wedding was a no-gift thing. That's pretty cool, and that'll that'll go up when we, you know, finish a sports room in the basement here at some point. So that's probably one not for sale. <laughs> 
Absolutely. Now, one of the one of the sad parts of the autograph industry now is the amount of forgeries that there are. And you guys take very, very um, special and important care to make sure that all the autographs that you sell, you receive via trade or anything like that are authentic. Can you talk about your authentication process? Well, I mean, as far as the events that we do, if we have something signed or if we purchase something to sell, put our certificate of authenticity on it, either detail the date it was signed, if it was one of our events or we got it signed ourselves at something, or we'll put our, uh, I hate to say generic, our standard COA if it's an item that we'll just guarantee for life. So if we were to buy a Harmon Killebrew ball, we might put our COA on it. And then if a person ever takes, if a person ever buys an item from us, and they are to send it in and have it authenticated, and for some reason it was returned as not authentic or um, or what's the other one that they say? Unknown, what do they say? There's a, like a JSA one that's slipped in my mind where they can't determine 100% either way. If the person wants to, yeah. we'll give them 100% refund for their purchase price plus the actual fee for sending it out. So we don't okay. mess around with non-Minnesota stuff much at all. And to be honest, there's not a lot of Minnesota stuff with the exception of maybe, you know, Kirby Puckett, Randy Moss, Adrian Peterson, Brett Favre. Those are probably the main guys that would be potentially forged. I mean, for the most part, Minnesota autographs are pretty safe because they don't trade for the exorbitant amount of money that, you know, values that like a Ted Williams or a Mickey Mantle or a Babe Ruth. So even a guy like Harmon Killebrew he's got a very distinct signature from having seen it, you know, hundreds or thousands of times. Um, most right. Twins collectors have a pretty good idea, you know. Kirby Puckett is more challenging just with his variations and his signatures, and there is some value to him. So there are some people who will give that a shot. You can see some pretty fake autographs if you look on eBay right this minute of Kirby Puckett. Um, oh, so yeah. We've, we're just very careful with what we buy. Even, you know, even with Kirby Pocket, you know, like, or especially with Kirby Pocket, we just, you know, have to have a really good feeling about those types of things. And we don't, um, we don't claim to be experts in every autograph for every team. So that's really why we stay away from a lot of non-Minnesota stuff, unless it comes with, uh, you know, upper deck authenticated or mounted memories, you know, those first party um, type of authenticators. I'm not a huge second, third party authenticator guy myself. I mean, I don't love that all the way around because it's an opinion, but I do realize that that's, you know, industry, what what are acceptable in the industry are the JSAs and the PSAs. So there are times that we do deal in those. Um, but generally, I mean, I prefer first party, you know, the upper deck authenticators of the world if I'm going to buy that kind of stuff. Now, have you guys found that offering the COA either – with the item or for an additional fee has helped um, increase business, like in terms of signings. Like, obviously, you know, if you get something signed, but you don't have a COA for it, you don't take a picture of the athlete signing it, and you decide to turn around and sell it, you're not actually, the person buying it's not actually going to know. Um, but can you have you seen a, have you seen an increase in since you guys started offering COAs? Has your popularity for signings increased more because of the fact that, like you said, people know it's legit? Well, for the bigger signings, okay, so the Brett Favre and the Barry Sanders signings, those included COAs from their um, the companies that had the exclusives. So that makes sense. Then the bigger players, like when we had Randy Moss in, the more expensive the autograph, the more likely somebody is to buy a certificate of authenticity. So I don't know that it has changed sort of the business. I think we just will sell more if there's more value to the autograph. So if we have in like kind of a role player for the twins, for example, we're not going to sell that many COAs because people don't look at it as like an investment. They look at it as their personal collectible. Um, so sure. if, that, if, that, if that kind of answers that question, one of the things that we started doing fairly recently, started up again, is offering like a photo proof um, page which goes through it's through a, a website and we're trying our best to take photos of every single person and each item as they're meeting the athletes now at the table 
so they don't need to like lean back with their cell phones and take the pictures and sort of miss out on the opportunity to have an exchange with the athlete. Um, we're trying to give you a chance. Go up, enjoy yourself, shake their hand, you know, say hello, watch your item being signed, ask your question, whatever it might be. And then later, if you want, you know, there's a digital or a, or a printed version of your photo meeting that you can download or, or have printed, actually. I think it's 10 bucks. Either version is like $10. So um, that's just an add-on that we started fairly recently. We started with Barry Sanders, I think it was. So, you know, people that got to meet Barry, you know, he's shaking everybody's hand. It's pretty cool to get a photo of, you know, you shaking Barry's hand for 10 bucks, And your item is sitting right there as well. So from an authenticity yeah. standpoint, it's just one more piece to that. You know, just... You know, it's very specific, you know, depending on how clear the angle of the photo. It's very specific to your item that you're having signed. So it's just an extra, it's just an add-on thing that it's offered, not required. So we feel like it's something that's worthwhile for fans. You know, it's a good option for people. Now you guys do you guys do a booth at Twins Fest, too. Talk about that. Because that's Twins Fest is actually my favorite event of the year. It's the one event I'm able to kind of get down to, and I, I kind of you know I say no matter what I'm going to Twins Fest almost every year. So, talk to yeah. me about you know being a vendor down at Twins Fest, what you guys sell, how that atmosphere is different than kind of just being in the store in the mall. Well, I mean, it's, what's great about Twins Fest, right, is it's it's basically the kickoff to the baseball season. So everybody's excited, and it's the first opportunity to sort of jump into baseball season. So it's cool to get there and have all these guys coming in, the you know players, the Dozers and Tory Hunter stopping by, and and all the you know current former Twins just walking by the way they have it set up now at Target Field, you know, just to be up and close to everybody there. But more importantly, it's sort of like getting on the same page with all the fans and having them stop by and say hello. You know, and we see, obviously, at the store with the events, we see a lot of, you know, a lot of the regulars who will stop by for the events and so on. But Twins Fest brings, like you, so many other people from out of town, and that's when we get to see them, you know, and say hello and, and sort of catch up on the year before. And So it's it's cool just to see all the new faces um, or see this a bunch of new faces, all the familiar faces from previous years who swing by really cool you know some of the people will make a point of like wearing the stuff that they bought from us you know last year two years a bunch of years ago the cool old Morneau clothes or Nathan clothes or whatever it is it's always kind of fun to see those coming through an old Morneau hockey jersey or whatever it is so I think that's what it is I think it's the excitement like for you you know as much as it is about autographs it's kind of like spring is coming baseball is coming it's just a, a really cool event to get everybody hyped up so you know, we're stuff. It, it's always a great event for us selling stuff, along with the state fair. Those are two big, you know, those are two big offsite events. We don't really do, you know, sports card shows or anything anymore because we have a store. Sure. People, you know, look at our stuff and say, oh, I'll just swing by the store and pick it up. You know, the local people. Right. So doing a local card show isn't like a great option for us. But, you know, when you're bringing people in from all over Minnesota, we definitely want to be a part of that. We want to be a part of the buzz and excitement, you know, starting out. We try to do a giveaway each year, too. This year, I'm not sure what it'll be, but we'll probably give away, like, the shirt Jose Barrios wore and uh, um, either the shirt he wore or the ball he was flinging around in the photo shoot we just did with him. Try to have something, like, a cool reason to swing on by and say hello, too. So those usually we have the entry blanks, like, on our uh, social media pages, and we'll email them out as well. So fans have a chance to do that. So try to come up with something a little bit unique for us there, but... Mostly it's just about, like, saying hello to everybody and getting excited for the season. And right now, actually, for everybody, we're going to do a little plug. If you um, if you like the Facebook page and Twitter and Instagram, if you have those three accounts, you want to follow both Fan HQ and Soda Stick Co., they are co-sponsoring a giveaway for a signed Kent Herbeck piece and a really cool pair of uh, – Herbeck socks featuring his famous tag of Ron Gant at first base. So go online and check that out at the uh, fan HQ Inc. Addicts page. One of the, um, one of the other things that kind of happens, um, being in a mall and we've got about 15 minutes left, Sean is, um, you know, you really never know what's going to happen. Can you, can you talk to me about that horrifying night you guys had in St. Cloud here about two years ago? Huh. 
Yeah, you know, that one, are you talking about when the guy ran through the mall? The yeah. Guy was, yeah, yeah. You know, I was not there that day. I just got a phone call from our employee saying that he heard what he thought were gunshots and he was closing the gate. And, you know, that was really the extent of, like, what we knew at the time. My sister also runs a store in the St. Cloud Mall. I'm from St. Cloud. And so she was working as well, and they got kind of a note to lock down the store. So, I mean, it's kind of a I – mean, it's not something that you think about all the time, obviously, when you're sitting at the mall. But, yeah, I mean, these things are going on, you know, any public place now. You just never really have an idea of, of what could potentially right. happen. Huh? So, yeah, but yeah. that was – I mean – it, by the time we knew anything about it, it was already over. You know, that it had already, the, by the time you heard, like, mm-hmm. the gunshots, that was basically the end of what had happened. So the person, nothing really happened at our store. Uh, the person had run right past our store, I guess, as the, um, off, uh, the off-duty officer was chasing them. So, uh, fortunately, not my employees or my sister or, or, I mean, the majority of the people, nothing. You know, in the mall, nothing happened to. But yeah, it's a pretty terrifying situation. And obviously, St. Cloud, it could happen anywhere. So, I mean, we have, right. there's training, there's mall training um, that they send us, and they they have active shooter or uh, emergency uh, training that we go through at the stores, just telling us what to do uh, if something ever does happen. But yeah, that's I mean, unfortunately, it's, I mean, I hate to say the world we live in, right? Um, but they, I mean. We're still free society, and people, I mean, you're never going to protect. If somebody wants to be insane and not care about their own um, safety, they can pretty much do whatever they want, whether it's running through a mall or they have the, you know, driving something. I mean, there's just difficult to control, impossible to control every potential outcome of violence or action for violence. Yeah. We should just talk about sports. Right? Yeah, absolutely. That's (laughs) awful. Yeah. Well, and so one of the cool things um, that you guys do, and you kind of mentioned it, is you run a lot of polls. And one of the, um, if you go onto the um, Facebook Ink Addicts page right now and you scroll down, you have to find it quite a bit. You guys are kind of, I mean, as famous as you are, I think it's fairly safe to say that Haley might be just as famous as you are. She might be the face of HQ. And there's a yeah. poll going on that Dan posted that basically says, um, you know, you guys would be shocked to see how many, or shocked to know how many sports movies Haley hasn't seen. Which sports movie should she see? So my question, and the Sandlot is leading by like a lot. So she's Sean, actually question, seen the Sandlot. She has seen that one. Okay, I was gonna say because Sean, my question for you was gonna be when you, when you're interviewing these people to come to work for you, are you not asking <laughs> them if they've seen the Sandlot? I mean, come on. I know, right? You would think. So <laughs> one of the things, in all honesty, about like having great workers is to have people who understand the industry and they mm-hmm. understand collectibles, but we've just sort of found that, that that you don't necessarily want that to be their passion in a sense of where they're looking out for their own collection, you know? Because right. It kind of works better if they appreciate collections, appreciate how people value their collections, um, and they just look out for taking care of the customers to try to ensure that they get what they want, right? And, yeah, and, absolutely. You know, all, all of our employees, you know, when we do these events, our employees and volunteers typically get a photo with the guest, the group photo, and then typically an item signed and so on. So people do get stuff for that. But, I mean, you know, when you're hiring, it's all about getting intelligent people with great problem-solving skills who understand good customer service and are very, very reliable and impassioned about what they're doing. And you can remove the sports from it as long as you're incredibly fortunate with the group that we've had, you know, that we have with Jared Ardale, with Jared and Jerry Buttons going all the way back to when we started and Dan running Eden Prairie and Mike, the former manager at Eden Prairie, Haley, all of our part-timers. I mean, we just got a really great group of people that work there and, and that, you know, certainly takes a load off of my mind when I take off for a couple days or whatever. Or just knowing that they they sort of run the show, like you're saying with Haley. I, I'm trying to just 
let her and Dan, you know, have their stores. And then Jared and I will just go chase around rock and roll shows. So this just hasn't worked out yet. So Right. Now, yeah, one of the no, cool we're, things... we're just super blessed, top to bottom, blessed, hashtag blessed with the group that we have. It's, it's a really good Absolutely. group. And it hasn't really turned over that much, if you think about it. You know, it's a lot of the same faces, so you know, people yeah. seem to enjoy what they're doing there. It's Absolutely. Bad what... direction well. That's our. That's my joke for them. <laughs> can you take bad direction well, then you can work. You can work for me. So. <laughs> right. And and one of the cool things that that you guys always do is, you know, you'll you'll often post like, hey, I need I need a couple people to come out and help at the store, willing to trade a ticket to this event. I think that's a really, really cool thing to do. Do you usually get pretty good turnout with that when you offer deals like that? Yes, yeah, it's worked out pretty well. We had a couple of people take us up on our Eduardo Escobar deal. We've just got we had a bunch of like hangers and apparel things to deal with and we can get it done so much quicker with an extra pair of hands or two, so it, that helps out. That's again sort of a win win, you know, the fans want to stop by and they get a free autograph or photo or whatever they want and it you know, works out to get things done. You know, during the state fair we'll end up asking for a bunch of help before that. We typically do, and, and we'll probably actually next week or the week after be doing the same thing, um, whether it's in-store, you know, just in-store trade or, or specific event sure. things. It works out well. I mean, we just, that Insatics group, you know, that we follow, and, and you see it on your ultimate page as well. I mean, it's a really active group and really well-behaved. You know, they look out for each other and so on. You know, it's not like a ton of drama on that page. Um, because the collectors looking out for each other, you know, and, and they sort of monitor themselves or bring it to my attention if somebody's getting out of line. So, I mean, it's a, just a really good group of people. It's also one of the reasons that we don't offer, like, buy, sell, trade on the page. I mean, one, we're a business, obviously, so we don't really need to be competing with our own customers. That's one of the reasons. But the other reason is, like, we don't want to get into the moderating and the, um, you know, trying to look over deals, right? Arbitrating deals. He said it was this and it ended sure. up being this or whatever. It's like by not allowing buying, selling, trading, it just removes so much drama from that page. Um, so that, yeah. that's one of the reasons, too, we decided that right away. And, you know, we just send people, when people call me or they post, I mean, I send them to your page or to, you know, like to the Vikings page, whatever it would be, and just say, post your item there. That's, you know, they've got a good group, you know, try it over there, <laughs> you know? So. <laughs> Right. Absolutely. Now, one of the cool things that you actually did, and I believe I haven't been there, but I believe it's in the St. Cloud store, although it could be at Eden Prairie, too. Correct me if I'm wrong. You have kind of a half music store in one of your locations that you just opened up recently. Talk about that. Yeah, it's wrapping back up a little bit um, with just so many collectors in the sports side of things also have a, a passion for music. And some of that uh, just sort of rolls, you know, that's why we started, like, the Rock and Jack events that we've done in the past. Um, yep. And so the, it was a natural. We have some friends who are in the record business, and now with Dan running the Eden Prairie store, I mean, he used to run Treehouse Records in Minneapolis for a million years, so he knows that business. And our person in St. Cloud, Jeff Peterson, he took what we were doing in St. Cloud at Rock and Jack, and when we closed that store, he basically turned it into his own store, which was Ufta Records. He's running that full time as a record store. We just set aside some, you know, three, four racks in the middle of the Eden Prairie store for like a music assortment. And that um, we're going to have kind of a big kickoff, grand opening, for lack of a better word, like in um, July 27th and 28th, it's looking like. So we're lining up some different things there. We want to do some cool things. But that's where we're really going to expand that record assortment again and make a bigger deal out of it. Right now, we're still just acquiring inventory, so we haven't made a huge push. But I mean, anyone who kind of knows records knows that you know vinyl has just made a huge resurgence, and there's the same sort of collectible angle to a lot of it that there is with uh, the sports stuff. So it seemed like a pretty natural fit for us and a lot of the same customers. So we'll have like a, a rock assortment right in the middle of the store there. And hopefully that gives us an opportunity to bring in music guests as well because um, that's something that we've been just trying to do. And that's one of the things that we bring up all the time. Like musicians don't quite get it yet, like um, like people, celebrities, like entertainment and sports do. 
those guys are used to coming out and signing autographs like that they do. They go to Wizard World or they come to sports stores or whatever they do when they sign autographs. But musicians just haven't quite got on board with that. They'll go and they'll do like a record signing when they have a new release. But I don't know if they really realize like the untapped potential of, you know, coming out and doing a one-hour, two-hour appearance. Um, you know, because guys like, you know, the, the former KISS members, I mean, they'd be a huge draw. There's so much merch out there that people would want to have signed. So we're really right. trying to, I mean, I hate to say we're trying to educate them because they obviously know it exists and so on, but we're trying to say, hey, this is tangible. This It's tangible and it's not in bad taste. Like people in your age demographic, your collector demographic, want to be able to come out and meet you and have these items signed. And you don't have to play a two-hour show and you don't have to bring a band. You know, you can just come and, hang out and sit at a table for a couple hours and, and meet a bunch of fans, and it can be a really cool event. So we're trying to do more of those things. And our Rita Ford adventure, adventure there, our first adventure of doing that was awesome. I mean, that one's just great. I mean, we've sold out tickets. She's telling stories. She's playing songs, you know, photos, meet and greet at the end. She couldn't have been more generous with her time, I mean, to the point where we had to, like, move people along because she would have just sat and talked to everybody and they had to get on the road. And it was a really great first attempt at doing something like that. So we're trying to turn that into a model that we can sell to other um, touring musicians who, again, maybe they're coming to Minnesota to go play a big casino show or play Target Center, whatever it is. But, you know, you're already here. you got an hour to burn. Come out and meet your fans. So we're pushing. We're working on it. So that's kind of one Sean, of the got, things. Absolutely. Sean, I hate to cut you off. we got about three yeah. minutes and change left. You've been so generous. Let's talk a little bit about some of the Fan HQ events that you guys have coming up as well as how fans can get a hold of you guys either via phone call or on social media. Uh, events we have coming up, we just have one public event that uh, that we're promoting right now, and that's Meet Ricky the Dragon Steamboat on uh, July 28th at our Eden Prairie store. Those tickets are free, and they can be um, – you can stop by the Eden Prairie store and grab your ticket to meet Ricky the Dragon. Working on some other big things, um, something in October that I'm hoping to nail down later uh, today, this week. That will be another pretty huge event. That's just a tease. We'll be sure to do that. You can join our text list, and then you'll never miss a signing announcement. And you just text the word FANHQ to the number 85100. So you send FANHQ85100. And then the other way is just check out uh, FANHQstore.com. That's our website. Uh, Inkatix Group um, is on on uh, Facebook or Facebook.com slash FanHQ should get you to our page as well. Or FanHQ Store. I'm not sure that's the problem. Some are FanHQ and some are FanHQ Store, depending on what was available when we signed up. So, But we're on all the social media platforms. should be pretty easy to find on there. You can just jump to FanHQStore.com, and there's links to social media as well. And if you do not use social media, they do also use the old-fashioned telephone. How can people get a hold of you via phone, Sean? Uh, 952-545-6460 is the Ridgedale store. Eden Prairie is 952-204-3122. Excellent, excellent. You guys have one of the biggest fan bases along with Crave and things like that. we got about 60 seconds left. What what's been your all time favorite event? And give me give me twenty seconds worth of what's your all time favorite event that you've personally done as a fan HQ owner? Yeah, I would have to be just the first Justin Morneau co drive, just because that was the culmination of being a fan, turning that all the way into the business. That was pretty unreal. So I'll stick with Justin. It started with him and I'll end with him. How about that? Absolutely. Sean, I cannot thank you enough for giving me an hour of your time on I'm sure what's what's one of your days off. I cannot thank you enough. If you guys have any questions, check out on Facebook. It's Fan HQ, their Ink Addicts page. Sean threw out the phone numbers. They're also on Twitter. If you live in the Twin Cities metropolitan area, hit them up at either Eden Prairie or Rosedale. And if you're in St. Cloud, they are in the St. Cloud Mall as well. Sean, thank you so much. No, thank you, Dublin. I appreciate it, man. Good to talk to you.
Yeah, you too. We'll see you soon. All right. Talk to you soon. Thanks. Yep. Thanks. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was Sean H. Sean Hagland of Fan HQ Owner. He has three locations, and man, I'll tell you, he's uh, that guy's got some. That guy's got some stores. He's got some stores. He's got some stories. It's it's a pretty cool. It's a pretty cool thing to to listen to Sean talk about to talk about the different signings he's done, and he also kind of talked about you know, a little bit about kind of that, that night in St. Cloud a couple of weeks ago or a couple of years ago. Um, but you can really kind of see that it's not about him. It's about the fans. It's about the collectors. And he touched on that with his, his employees, you know, they, they're not in it for themselves. They're in it for the fans making sure that they get what they need. So remember if it didn't come, if it came from HQ, it's authentic. Guys, I have another episode coming up here in about three hours. It's going to be the Tommy John episode. I'm very, very excited about that. Stick around, stay tuned, and we will see you down the road in podcast land.